0: the coaching training i did i experienced the question that you could even say changed my life and it is the question of what would you like to have happen and you can ask yourself that in any situation and even if some things you can't change that's that's normal but when things are as they are what would you like to have happen
1: Hey guys,
2: welcome to obsessed think of us as your personal development entourage all wrapped up into one podcast If you're committed to your personal development and believe your life is meant for more Then get ready to learn the tools you need to elevate this experience called life Get obsessed with your life. Just like us. We are Tia Tristan Mika and Julie and we are obsessed with humans on the verge of change Hi, I'm Tristan, and I'm obsessed with your emotional well-being. Welcome, obsessors, to a very special episode of Obsessed. We are here with our sister from Germany. This is our first German interviewee. Lisa Yara and she is a coach in Germany and she is doing it and forging it on her own terms her own way she is teaching us the sovereignty of self welcome lisa hi welcome,
3: lisa. welcome. so cool to be here we're really excited to have you on the show today okay lisa we would love to know what are you obsessed with
0: while i'm obsessed with a lot of different things i just today found out that it all boils down to i'm obsessed with life with life and as humans and how we do life, because it's this cyclical, magical, ever-changing, ever-evolving entity. Like, how do we do it? How do we move through it? How do we move with it when something happens? How can we move through it more easily, maybe? Because life always happens, and then what what do we do? (laughs) I think I'm a lifelong student of life and of how people go through transitions and change.
2: You're a student of life. I mean, just by saying that, connotes that you have been through some challenges. And I always feel, especially as coaches, that we always teach our former selves. So I'm just curious if you're open to sharing your challenges that you've had, you know, met with.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, as you say, they made me who I am today, or like they brought out who I am today. And so for most of my life, I have been conditioned like a lot of us that the authority on me the expert lies somewhere outside of myself so i have to ask other people what's best for me or listen to what other people think is best for me that led me to make up a lot of rules that were sometimes even contradicting and even developing some compulsions around it a lot about eating and about cleaning and so like my world contracted more and more and at one point i asked myself if i have to keep up this way of living for the next let's say 40 years that's not fun and i don't want to do it and so i knew something had to change at the time i i had a really good therapist and she helped me find a treatment center where i went for 3 months and like the moment i entered there all this pressure of having to work to have money to buy food or whatever, and the pressure to perform and to perform as a role as someone I maybe wasn't all this, these little, yeah, I want to call them lies because it's little lies that like roles that we play. That's not us. That was a way uh, like lifted. It felt like a lid was lifted from me. And suddenly I was this vibrant uh, woman who who just got to be herself and discover herself in a totally new way. I did what I loved most. I talked to the people in there, like the other patients. And it was so much fun. Like In the afternoons, you would find me there chatting away and discovering more about them, about their stories, about life, basically, and our shared human experience. And in the end, they even called me co-therapist because I somehow had um, a skill of holding space that helped them feel feel better feel uplifted and move through the stuff they were moving through and i discovered i could hold myself through this heavy stuff i was experiencing at the same time so i knew that like this was the me i wanted to be or i truly was like this optimistic vibrant woman and so i started realigning my life to that and now here i am as a coach and Basically, still talking to people and supporting women moving through challenging times in their own way.
1: I think it's fascinating that you've used your life to help other people and other people find their voice. And when you describe the terrible things that you went through, is there any particular situations that you can recall? This so that our audience can connect with your story more and, and that I'm curious
0: yeah there were definitely a lot of things going on at the time and especially this for me it was the pressure of uh, having to work having to sit there in an office nine to five and like even when the work was done like the things you had to do were done you still had to sit there and buy your <laughs> buy your time basically because it's it's time for money and um, that didn't make sense to me at all and I was felt this like I have to perform well, otherwise they will fire me. And a lot of thoughts were consumed there. And then when I came home, it was like, oh, but you have to eat healthy. Oh, and you have to do sports and at best every day. And your house has to be clean and all these other to-dos. And I call them to-do and to-be lists because often it's not just things that we have or we think we have to do, but also the things we think we have to be and become and make ourselves better and improve. And all of that was a lot. And like from my own childhood, I had got a few cues that the way I was wasn't okay. And if I was that way, nobody could ever love me. And so having these kinds of social pressures as well, on top of all the other things, was just like a big, a big mess.
3: I think that a lot of people can relate to that feeling of life just feeling really messy. How do we go from feeling so messy to understanding what our purpose is and living the life that you feel enthusiastic about and vibrant about that you explained how you finally found and connected yourself to? How can you do that in the everyday while still you know making money to pay the bills and put food on our tables and having a house that we enjoy being in because it is clean?
0: Right. Through the coaching training I did, I experienced the question that You could even say it changed my life. And it is the question of what would you like to have happen? And you can ask yourself that in any situation, and even if some things you can't change, that's that's normal. But when things are as they are, what would you like to have happen? And that gives that changes the perspective to the bit of leeway that you still have. Because I think and and what felt worst for me at the time was this feeling of powerlessness. Didn't feel like I had Many choices anymore. But the moment we ask ourselves this question, okay, and this, this, and this, I can't change. But when I can't change these, what would I like to have happen? And then an inside shift can occur. That opens our perspective again to something where we can move towards instead of just focusing on where we don't want to be. It's a bit like when you go in your car and you don't want to stay home but you have to tell the car or the navigation system where you want to go otherwise you can't get there and sometimes it can be really hard to know what we want because we haven't been asked that i myself like i had this uh, when i was 30 i went to a seminar about the feminine anatomy sexual anatomy and and they asked and how would you like your sex life to be and i was like am i allowed to say that (laughs) like i didn't even realize that it was always my choice that i can say how i want to be treated what i want to do and in all areas of my life and we haven't often especially as girls either not been asked or people have said no your vision is way too big that will never happen (laughs) so just uh, get realistic and don't have your heads in the clouds so it can at first really challenging to even get to a place where you want to go and for me that was in the treatment center like i realized this is how life is supposed to feel this is what i want to do and then i had a chance to rearrange my life and as i said that took a while
2: and that's so funny lisa you know just by you recognizing your pain has become your purpose your valley has become your value and you said a lot of interesting things I don't know as young women, we're not given the tools and I'm not a young woman. I'm not pretending I'm a young woman right now. But when I was a young woman, I don't think I was given the tools. It's no fault of my parents, but I don't think I was given the self tools to be autonomous or to understand who I was, even though they let me be who I was going to be. Like you, perhaps I was told I was too much. I'm still told I'm too much, I might say. Mm-hmm. And Mika's smiling because she tells me I'm too much, but... but we often dim our lights because we're afraid of how we make other people feel, how we make other people feel. And then we act in accord. And then you find yourself in rehab or in the hospital, but there is no shame in that game. I'm going to say, number one, Lisa, you going and getting help is the best thing you ever did because you were given those tools. No shame in the mental health game. Number one, but how, so you have this purpose. You realize like, the space that you're holding for other people who are struggling, how do you make that even something to kind of translate outside of being in the hospital? I mean, you're suffering from eating disorders and really trying to control your ecosystem, which we know we can't control anything except really our thoughts. But how do you do that? How do you make that transition? And was there a lot of adversity? People probably going, "Mm, not so much, Lisa, not
0: today. It wasn't easy, and a lot of looking at my own shadows involved, especially already in the treatment center, I learned to get back in touch with my emotions, uh, which I mean basically OCD or eating disorders and other conditions as well, they just serve to control our emotions, keep them down, because this disconnect we feel between who we think we should be to the world and who we truly are that creates like a dissonance in us. And it's really hard to keep that down. We can do that for a while. And then then it just explodes and comes out. And that was the point where I realized I needed or wanted help. And in the treatment center, I began developing a kind of respect, self-respect for myself and an understanding that my emotions are very valuable. They show me the way to go. Like if I feel this big expansion probably a good way to go and if i feel a contraction i might have to tweak something and find a way so that it feels more expansive again so that's how we can use our own emotions to navigate a little bit and then it's also learning how to release them safely for example like a lot of times it's through tears for me it was like releasing everything that i could through tears and i find it very interesting i read once that like women when they cry it's actually that they are angry and when i asked myself that in situations when i cried i was like actually i think i'm angry but small girls are often not allowed to show anger but when they cry they get like cuddled and oh you poor girl everything is fine and for men it's the other way around of boys when they cry they might be told off But when they show anger, oh, yeah, that's normal. That's really getting also a feel for the different emotions that are happening. Like there are so many and so different levels of it. And I realized that by suppressing all these difficult emotions, I also suppressed a lot of the very positive ones and the uplifting ones. And like once I admitted these challenging ones, like... The joyful ones were so much more joyful than before. And it was a really cool development happening. Then I did the yoga teacher training at first, which helped me to really get the feeling that, yes, we all have all the wisdom that we need to navigate our lives in ourselves. It's just that we are often not taught or told how to get there and how to use this wisdom also no blame to our parents or anybody they haven't learned either most probably like a lot of people haven't and i'm just now so grateful that i found this coaching training i did to really help people navigate life on their own terms like really bringing out their wisdom so that they can feel into what they would like to have happen and how they would like to navigate a certain situation in life so it was a long and winding road (laughs) And for some, it can be quicker. For me, it was as it was.
1: This is fascinating. And Jules uh, mentioned a point where uh, messaging back and forth, and she said that it's an interesting difference between how men and women react to anger. And when you mentioned that, like, okay, am I angry right now? I'm crying. And I was thinking to myself, I was reflecting. And I said, you know what? There's been times where I've cried and I felt helpless and anger at the same time. And I didn't know most of the time when women cry because of feeling anger. That is really interesting. So when men cry, is it mostly sadness? The sadness of feeling? Because anger is a secondary emotion. What would be the primary emotion?
0: I don't want to imply that like all people are the same and all women are angry when they cry and the other way around. But like for men, that piece that I read, it's it stated that because little boys are often discouraged from crying
2: and expressing sadness mom, and or, mom to four boys and they cry all the time hmm. let me just say that to you and they're That's angry all the, the time i mean i
1: don't know <laughs> if they want you to admit that but, but
2: you know. uh, yeah but that basically they, like
0: when boys are frustrated or, or or sad they won't cry but they will act it out in anger and i can't like i haven't spoken to too many men about this And I don't know how many would even have ever thought about it and could distinguish between it. But if somebody listens and can give us some insight,
2: that would be definitely worthwhile hearing. I've got five boys at this house right now, so I'll go ask them. But they would never admit to crying because crying implies weakness. And with women, I mean, the tears, we fight back our tears. It's acknowledging that it's okay to cry as well. It's okay to get in touch Mm -hmm. with your emotions. It's okay to be you. It's okay to be on this journey. It's okay to be ask for help. And it's okay. Just having that one person to be there that, like you said, you're holding space for people. That alone can change the way, the trajectory of people's lives. Yes.
0: And that's like a lot of what my training is about. Like the the training I did is just this holding space, this being, listening with your full presence And then watching whatever is unfolding in the client,
2: just being there. And that can help. not enough people are listening. Obsessors, are you listening right now? This is good stuff. You are listening. But seriously, not enough people actively listen. Not enough people hear what other people are saying. Have you noticed, I'm going to ask everybody, Tia, Mika, Lisa, when you're talking to somebody, you recognize like their body language, how they're holding themselves. They're already ready for an answer halfway through your
1: sentence. Yes, yes and yes. And right when you're, when you're discussing an idea or a concept or you're forming the question, you're already ready for a response and you go, I'm, I'm not even done yet. I just said three words. So Lisa, I want to ask you, how can we be more present? How can, and also, how can we be uh, more active in listening?
0: Hmm. so one thing that i do is checking in with my body and like because of course if when you work with people that are going through stuff then it might trigger something in you and that's the moment where i okay feet on the ground breathing in breathing out letting that go and focusing back on the client and i think that's something that can help everyone in, in their everyday life just in between. It can be a minute every once in a while, just standing, closing your eyes, feeling the feet on the floor, feeling the breath, your chest rising and falling, and then move on to the next thing. First, it's this presence with yourself. And when you can be present with yourself and be okay with that, then it's much easier to also be present with the other people.
3: I think that's huge being okay with being present with yourself first before you can actually hold that space for somebody else. And you mentioned to trusting that inner wisdom that we all have. How do you start that process of trusting your inner wisdom? And how do you, once you're faced with a new challenge, even after you start trusting yourself, how do you move forward in a healthy way by knowing that you're connecting to your true self and that inner wisdom? How can you how do you implement that in real life for the new challenges that life always ends up throwing at us? So when I think of my coaching, as I said, the first question
0: is always, would I like to have happen in any given situation? And then really feeling into what that implies. And in the coaching, we would then draw out the client's metaphors. In our metaphors are... I sometimes call them the language of our soul but it's like how the subconscious communicates with our conscious mind as in images. So it's not like any embellishment in the language metaphors are your inner images and um some coaches work with visualizations and it's very similar because these metaphors our inner images are the way we perceive the world and once we understand how we perceive the world change can happen. For example, I think a lot of us have learned that a discussion has something to do with war shoot when the other one has to say something or you win an argument or you lose an argument. But what if we had learned that a discussion is just a nice game of ball where the goal is to keep the ball up in the air and throw it from one to the other and exchanging instead of like throwing it at the other (laughs) and trying to defeat him. And so becoming aware, getting to know yourself and how you see the world and what you think, also a lot about the belief system. Sometimes just writing down the beliefs you hold about a certain thing and then looking at it and evaluating, is that really mine? Do I truly believe that? Or is that maybe a belief I've learned from home or from somewhere else in school? And just this process of getting to know yourself better and better and how you do life. and. Developing through that, developing a sort of respect for yourself. Because I personally think you can't go from self-hate to self-love in just one go. First, you have a truth. <laughs> and then you start get to know yourself, and then start maybe developing a certain respect for yourself, and at one point you will value yourself enough to know that your needs matter and that you are allowed to put them first. Because if you're not filled up,
2: how can you help anyone else? I We love that, Lisa. And really, you teaching us the sovereignty of self, you telling us, you giving us permission that it's okay to look inward, to be ourselves, that we're not too bright, that we are. It's okay that we feel we're meant for something more is so powerful and obsessors you need to get to know lisa yara she is our pff from western germany and everything about lisa is in our show notes guys get obsessed with lisa yara and get obsessed with your life